Oh, darling elevators, if you are struggling with the day job, your daily productivity, or your nightly slumber, I would love to help you out and feature you right here on this show. Go to chrismcpeak.com forward slash hot seat and schedule your free Elevate Your 8 strategy session. Past success stories include college grads developing an at-home routine and furloughed folks finding their way back to work. These fill up super fast. So go to chrismcpeak.com forward slash hot seat to schedule your strategy session today. And now onto this week's episode. You're listening to the Elevate Your 8 podcast, the easily digestible lifestyle show that empowers you to live your happiest, most productive life so you can achieve time freedom. Productivity is just a matter of simple mathematics and prioritization. Honor your work-life balance by working only eight hours a day. Honor your health and wellness by sleeping eight hours every night. Once you figure that out, the rest is gravy, or Jolly Ranchers if ever you prefer. If you're ready for a healthy helping of life-changing wisdom with a side of quirkiness, you're in the right place. Here's your host, dairy-free, karaoke-crazy, future 200 breaststroke national champion, Chris McPeak. All right, people, welcome back again to the Elevate Your 8 podcast. I am your host, Chris McPeak, and today's guest is my new friend, Scott Carson, from the Note Closers show, which I almost said it the wrong way again, but I uh, I corrected my brain quickly. Scott, it's good to see you. Thanks for coming on the show. Honored to be here, and I've been called a whole lot worse. So if you butchered it, it's not a big deal. We're fair enough. Worse. Fair We're enough. I other people would find me, so it's okay. My dad used to say, what did he used to say? Call me anything but late for dinner, right? There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Scott, tell us just a little bit about you, where you hail from, what you do. I am in uh, the glorious city of Austin, Texas is home for me. Your hook em horns. That's right, baby. <laughs> um, but uh, for the last 12 years, I've been kind of known in the real estate investment community as the note guy. And so what I do is I, my firm, we buy uh, portfolios of distressed mortgages from banks. And obviously we're getting much busier with everything being- Oh, I bet. Uh, but I've been doing that for 12 years. And our biggest goal is we buy this debt at a big discount from the banks. So it helps the banks get the stuff off the portfolio. But our, our our biggest thing is we try to keep people in their houses. So we'll buy this debt at a discount, reach out to them, try to modify the loan in some sort of fashion to keep them in the house if we can. And that's how we make our money by keeping people in their houses. So It sounds super complicated, but it's clearly rewarding because you've been at it for so long. Yeah, you know, I got started as a previous mortgage banker, mortgage broker, you know, financial advisor back when I first graduated from college a few years ago. And um, when everything hit the fan in 2008, I was very lucky enough that the previous four years that I had kind of an apprenticeship with somebody who taught the creative financing yeah. strategies and structures. And so I had a really good mentor teach me how to do this business. And then when everything hit the fan, I just went out on my own and started dialing for dollars, making 50 to 100 phone calls in a day and oh my gosh, made a lot of relationships and then started teaching other investors how to do the same thing as well too. So I pride myself on the fact that we have bought over a billion dollars in debt, but I'm more proud of the fact that we've helped uh, thousands of other real estate investors tap into this really small niche and be very profitable at it. Because there's not, it's not as well known as like your fix and flips or your flip this house is right. on TV or the 
the the the, the gains out of Waco. You know, like <laughs> and that's fine. I'm glad being a small niche, but we really, uh, it's really a a great way not only to create some win wins for you in the in the bars, but the banks and everybody involved as well. I love it. I love win win scenarios. That is fantastic. Um, it's not it's not nearly complicated. Trust me, it is okay. not nearly complicated. Have you ever watched the <laughs> The Big Short. It's kind of like The Big Short a little bit. Oh, I love that movie. If you love baseball, if you know, feel the green, you know? Yeah. Ray Kinsella was losing the family house and his friend group yes, bought the mortgage right. and tried to do something. So we don't like to kick people out. It's kind of, but we do, we do still have to do a little bit of that if people won't work with us, but anyway. Got it. Okay. Well, you kind of answered a little bit of this question, I think, but I, I assume that you did not just graduate from college and start running We Close Notes. So did you have day jobs like some of the rest of us? And, uh, and what let what lent you to, to moving out on your own? So it's, yeah, when I was first starting to school, I actually was playing football. I actually had a, a full ride. Oh, cool. uh, I went to school at a small university outside of Dallas, tech, uh, East Texas State, now Texas A&M Commerce in the day, but I played linebacker there for a couple of years, and I thought it'd be the next sports center, you know, you know <laughs> sportscaster, because I'm a big sports fan, and that evolved into radio communication, I was a college DJ, and then I said, Very cool. I'm trying to figure out what the heck I wanted to do, and I said, you know, my, I grew up with entrepreneurial roots, my dad and mom launched, you know, started a, a hardware store in a small South Texas town called Ingleside, Texas, where I grew oh, wow. up. Okay. And so I always grew up around entrepreneurship. So I said, well, I want to go into business. And I graduated with a business degree in, in marketing and went into uh, sales, you know, and then was doing a lot of stuff with, uh, you know, Verizon Wireless and Enterprise Rent-A-Car and was doing some great stuff. And then got involved in the finance side. I've always been interested in numbers, great with numbers. Uh-huh. And then started, you know, I got my mortgage loan officer's license and then started working in banking and did that for a couple of years. It was really good uh, doing that. And then a buddy of mine that I worked with beforehand, he started this mortgage company with a couple of investors and said, Hey man, I need some help. This is back in 2004 when the crazy days of mortgage origination were going on. And I said, yeah. So I said goodbye to my traditional W2 job at Chase. And two weeks later, I was on a plane to LA and oh wow, pitching mortgages to investors in front of 1500 people. And Dang. that did well for four years. But during that time from 2004, to 2008, I was able to learn the note industry. And that's kind of when things hit the fan, the music stopped in the mortgage origination markets. And so I right. just jumped on the, the opposite side of the phone, basically. And then what, uh, uh, what got you started with your show, your podcast? That's a great question. Um, I was actually anti-podcast for a oh, while. Oh, wow. Um, I've been doing, I mean, when I started uh, teaching people this niche of real estate investing in 2010, I've been doing webinars and conference calls. So that wasn't too much about, you know, I wasn't too afraid of content. I was actually delivering a lot more content than a lot of other people out there. And I had a buddy, some students of mine started a podcast and they were, you know, launched it and they're doing good. I was supportive of them, but I was like, oh, that's their thing. I don't want to come across like I'm stepping on anybody's toes, right? <laughs> the guy that produces my show right now, uh, Tom Hazard with Podetize, we met at an event that I was speaking at, he's like, yeah, I was looking at your website. You've got a lot of great videos, be great for podcasts. I'm like, oh no, too That's much not for me. <laughs> so in the, in, so next month, the next month I was down in the Dominican for a friend of ours wedding and my buddy Robbie, who had this other podcast there, he's like, oh, we're quitting the podcast. And I literally like, oh, you're quitting. Hmm, that's a shame. Maybe not a shame. So <laughs> literally flew back to the States, made a phone call to Tom and then started the note closer show, just kind of, delivering content. I literally was doing like Facebook lives for like five months straight just to kind of test it out to see if oh, there's wow. 
So my first 150 episodes were from my smartphone, you know, all Ricky, bad lighting, sometimes bad audio, the assistant holding the phone. And then we got much more serious about it and started recording via Zoom and, and, and put some systems in place. And uh, it's been the number one thing, absolutely blown away at how much, you know, how much, how much it does for us. It's become like our number one marketing tactic out there compared to what it used to be. And especially yeah. a lot more important now in the last nine months, just being consistent and We've now recorded 635 episodes and wow. passed the 1 million download mark in our uh, month after our third year anniversary. Oh so. my God. That's amazing. Well, Shibley can't say enough cool stuff about you. He thinks you're the cat's pajamas. And you know, we just, we just keep rock rolling. I'm glad to share whatever. I mean, I, we're like, I mean, it's what I love about podcasters is we are all aggressive. We all want to success to grow, but we don't have to climb over anybody else to get there. Yeah. And yeah. it is truly, we, we coined a term in my note business called co-opetition. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're all competitive, but we're all cooperating, kind of rowing the boat in the same way. And it's, I, I love the podcasting industry. I learned stuff about podcasting from people that are in totally different niches, not anything to do with real estate or business. And I pick up something from them and it's revolutionized how we do business. And, and if I can give back, I've been very blessed to receive a whole lot, relief so much, receive so much more great tips from people. And I, I'm just trying to give back as best I can. Yeah. That's so great. I love that story. That's happy. Um, let's see. So a lot of people that listen to this show are nine to five people who are thinking about a side hustle and they're not exactly sure how to start. And you kind of went down this road a little bit already, but like, how'd you settle on your niche and decide like, Oh, there's money to be made here. So that's a great question. And I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people get excited about an object, something, they get passionate about something, but there's no market there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know? And they try to create something and they go down with the ship. Okay. Mm -hmm. They sink because they think this amazing thing is, and nobody's buying and nobody's listing. They're literally just yelling into a chasm and no, there's no echo. Right. Back, okay? Hello. Yes. Is anybody there? <laughs> no, they're not. Okay. Uh, ha having your mom buy your product does not count as a sale. It's a right. sympathy deal. Okay. Yeah. So here's the thing. <laughs> First and foremost, if you can do something that you do have passion about, that is a good thing, but something that people will buy. And the biggest thing is there's basically two, two things that if you can do one of these, you're, you're off to a good start. If you can save people time in something, that's great. If you can save people money, that's another thing. Okay. So look at what you can do if it's saving time, it solves an issue, it's something that people love. And also too, looking if it's a hobby, is it an expensive hobby? Yeah. This is one of the best bit of advice I heard at actually PodFest earlier in the year, which was the last live event that I went to. Right. Is a guy got up there and says he has three podcasts and they're all around his hobbies, which are all high-end hobbies like guitar playing and, and software that. And then like re, uh, rebuilding a Porsche, Porsches aren't cheap. Oh my God. <laughs> and then another, another, I don't forget what the third one, but if you have, have something like that, you know, that, that can help out as well. If it's a high dollar hobby and you can solve an issue or provide content of some sort, hey, you're off and running for it. But that's, those would be the biggest things. I mean, too many people get into, like I had a, a good friend who was an amazing baker. I mean, he went to culinary school. And he had this whole database of everybody in his HOA. And he's like, oh, I'd really love to have a bakery. Well, you don't need a, a brick and mortar shop. I said, why don't you just do an email blast around the holidays? Yeah. So he did. And you know what happened? 
what happened? People actually bought. Holy crap. (laughs) So he had, he was all excited, these boxes and stickers, and he makes the most cookies. But he never, he made the cardinal sin, never followed up with anybody after the first batch. Yeah. And it just, I wanted to pull my hair out. I was like, what are you doing, man? You had like 25 orders and you made money right out of the gate with basically stuff you had in your thing. You're in the black and it's doing something that you went to school for. Hey, why don't you do it to pay off your student loans you have? Never another email. He still continued to sit at the job that he hates. And that's that's the biggest thing. I think uh, I don't want to be a a big too much of a fanboy for Gary Vaynerchuk. But one thing that kept in mind that Gary says we everybody has usually from 7 p.m. to 2 a.m. If you work your normal nine to five, come home. You don't have to spend 40 hours a week killing yourself unless, of course, you're Elon Musk. And he likes to say, I work 80 hours because everybody works 40. Um, But start something. Don't be afraid. Reach out to people that have maybe made that same jump, because most most of the times I find the most successful people that are are at where you want to be are the most giving of their time and energy and can really advise you, give you counsel versus advice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. don't listen to your friend, your sister, your mother. They're going to protect you in a comfort zone. You can't do that. But advice is like assholes. Everybody has one. Right. It doesn't matter, okay? <laughs> so seek counsel from people who are actually where you want to be and where you want to go. I, I love that notion of uh, connecting with the people who are doing what you want to do and, and asking them because people do like to talk about themselves. It's true. And they love to tell their story, which I completely agree with you. You're going to go a lot further um, reaching out for that answer than asking mom and dad or your best friend or your little brother, like, Oh, what do you think? I'm going to try this. And you're right. Our loved ones want to protect us because they care about us. And, Oh, you know, these many restaurants fail every year and blah, 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 that kind of crap. So anyway, you know, and, and, and I agree with it. I mean, they want to protect you. I mean, for like the first four years as an entrepreneur, my mom's like, when are you going to get a real job? Right. And I'm like, mom, I made more in one deal than what you make in a year. So right. shut up. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, but, mom. Love you. But yeah, but you're not right here. So, but, but that's the thing is, too, is we we crave that positive affirmations. And this is right. one thing too, that a lot of people when you get started off. They start marketing and they get that negative feedback from people and it kind of shuts them down. You, to be an entrepreneur, to do something, you got to build a thicker skin and then you got to realize that not everybody is going to be happy that you're getting outside of it. If you're used to going out Wednesday nights with your bowling buddies and drinking yeah. beers, the first Wednesday night you miss, they're going to, oh, what do you do? You think you're better than us? Or like, mm-hmm. you're doing what? You're going yeah. on <laughs> the meetings? What? Um so I had a, a, a mentor of mine uh, by the name of Greg Reed, who's the uh, author of Think and Grow Rich, Three Feet from Gold, and a bunch of other books out there. Okay. And he told me, he gave me really good advice, is that take your audience and divide them into three groups. The one group is the group that loves you, knows you. They're going to hopefully support you most of the time. Then you have the opposite group, people that don't know you, that you're just going to hate you because they have a dark hole for a soul. Okay. Right. <laughs> Doesn't matter what color of skin, your hair, sex you are, whatever it is, they're just going to hate you no matter what you do. So what unfortunately is, when we market, we we don't listen to the people that love us. We listen to that one person yep. who's in a nasty gram or a bad review, and it just drives us batshit. Right. You have to tell that group to just go screw off and focus on the group that loves you and that, you know, that knows you, and then that middle group who's on the fence that doesn't know you, and uh-huh. you'll be a lot happier stick to it. And eventually what will happen is either the, the haters will go away or they'll convert. They'll see what you're doing. And after six months or 12 months of you being stable, 
they'll convert and be, oh, well, it's so awesome to see what you did. And you're sitting over there, weren't you cussing me out or making right. fun of me on Facebook a year ago? Hmm, I think I got the email. I think I screenshotted that, you know? So that, that, I saved it and I put it on my wall because I wanted to remember exactly. how what a turd you were. Exactly. You know, that, that concept reminds me of a, an old supervisor of mine from my campus housing days. Uh, hi, Ruben, if you're listening. And he would talk about this bell curve of students. And there was the, the students that, on two sides of the lower part of the curve. These are the students that, sorry, like they're just not ready to be in school. They're not ready for four-year school. So they're going to drop off. And then here's the students that are doing so well. They knew what they wanted to be when they grew up, when they were five and they're you know, high intelligence, high committing, and, and we know they're going to persist, but it's the students in the middle of the bell curve that need the most support because they could fall off easily, but they could just as easily move forward and persist if they have the right, the right challenge and support. And I love that example with, you know, the people that love you and the people that can't stand you. So move, you know, go, what? excuse me, McPeak, um, move, uh, move towards that middle group. And that's where you'll find your audience. And that's brilliant. It's totally brilliant. It'll also make you a lot happier too. Yeah, exactly. Learn to, learn to avoid that. And here, here's another thing. N trolls never come from somebody above you. Mm -hmm. Trolls always come from somebody below you or that they're struggling having a bad day, bad week or bad month. So pray for your trolls because they yeah. need it. Okay. <laughs> And it's never about you. It's about them. You're not the one with the problem. They, they're the one with the problem. Um, thank you, JJ Flazanes, for that. So you talked a lot about the concept of saving time. So that's going to be a, a, a possible business venture. But for you, you've got your own go-to hacks or tips or resources. And what are some of your favorites that have worked well for you that you would recommend? So here's the thing. I, I think the first thing we all get these ideas, like uh, in... Uh, ideas for names of companies. And I'm just throw this out there because oh, right. I was a big bartending fan and I thought I would be the next Tom Cruise from cocktails and dreams back yes. in the day. Okay? <laughs> I was going to graduate college as a bartender and open cocktails and dreams and then all that good stuff. There's a tool that I like to use before every entity or every endeavor I go with is this thing called name check. Okay. N-A-M-E-C-H-K. I know it sounds different, but if you're going to launch something, an entity, a business name, and you want to get the socials, like the Facebook, the YouTube, the Instagrams, go to namecheck, N-A-M-E-C-H-K.com. Okay. Type in what that name will be, and it'll tell you if it's available. Because the last thing you want to do is come up with an LLC, but all the social stuff is gone that you yeah, can't use. That's clever. Yeah. So name check is, is a tool thing. But that's the thing is also um, get as much information. When you're starting a new endeavor, try to get as much information and surround yourself with as many peers in the industry um you know go to events jump on meetup groups you know if you a great thing is having a podcast you can bring peers on there to interview them what did they do what were their biggest failures um talk with people in that industry vendors in that industry hey who would you recommend learning from mm -hmm. it's, it's always a great great aspect of that who's who's good at this who's bad at this who would you recommend who would you not recommend and why and, and just start um you know in in marketing and other things they talk about having a top 100 list Mm -hmm. so looking for people that have podcasts in that niche or a blog or Facebook groups. Facebook groups are the easiest way to get information from anything. Just go on there, join it and ask a couple of questions and it'll give you all the answers to what you need to have a successful product. Yeah. Yeah. I, talk to me a little bit about how the Facebook thing works for you because I have tried that and either it's, I 
I feel like it's not working for me, or I feel like I'm not asking the right things. Um, or maybe I'm just not engaging enough with that group to I, where I feel like I could, I know people enough that I'm going to throw stuff out there. So I, I'm a big believer that you can't just put the, the typed word anymore on Facebook anymore. We have such a, a oh, right. you know, you've got to make something happen. So one of the things that I like to do is make sure there's a video, a short video of something or a GIF or an image that really pops out. So yeah. I think the marketers, the lazy marketers best friend is canva.com because you can oh, make God, yeah. Reach. Love me some Canva. <laughs> Canva has an animation feature to it now that just came out a couple months, a couple maybe a couple months ago. Yeah. And so we use that when we post is we'll upload that little short video so it animates the question. And we see a lot more engagement with that, but you've got to do it on a regular basis. I would not go to the 12 groups that you're a part of that are all the same thing and post the same question. Right simultaneously people will see that and they're like, Oh, I'm not going to answer this, but go one, look at who's interactive, you know, see what kind of posts. Most of the times you can see how many people are per day. Um, I've got a mentor, Roland Frazier, who's an amazing marketer. And that's one of the things he talks about when everything was going on with COVID is sometimes you can look at some of these large Facebook groups and they'll tell you before you join how many comments per day. And those are the ones that you want to stick around. Now, the ones that aren't getting a lot of comments per day may have bad management, yeah. But they got a big database. So you might be able to step in and even take over a database or two via Facebook. And I would keep that in a hush until you've got your questions answered and come in and then and take it over. So that's a, a great way to build a buyer's list without with you having no list to begin with. Oh my gosh, that's clever. You are a plethora of fun information. Um, I have great coaches. I will tell you that great mentors. I give it all to them. I, I'm not the, the, the sharpest tool in the shed. But I, when I hear something that works and it's simple, I'm a big believer in KISS, baby. Keep it simple, Keep it simple stupid. Keep it simple, Scott. Yeah. yeah oh, right. <laughs> okay, Scott, let's do some rapid fire. This is one of my funnest. Bring it on. Okay. Um, Coke or Pepsi? Keep it Coke. easy to begin. Coke. There you go. Um, let's, uh, red wine or white wine? Ooh. I, I, red wine, a good Pinot Noir, a petite, uh... Yeah, a good Pinot Noir. My favorite is a uh, Domaine Carneros 2013 Pinot Noir. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to pull that out of the show notes and write that one down. California wine is going to get a whole lot more expensive, everybody. And so yeah. is Oregon wine, too. So we've been going out and buying as much as we can from well, that's the, so the liquor stores. <laughs> um, uh, donuts or cupcakes? Ooh, uh, I like an old fashioned donut but it's hard to say no to a chocolate cupcake. That's so true. Would you rather swim in a pool or swim in the ocean? Oh, in the ocean. You know why there's a pee in the pool, right? Because there's pee in the pool. Oh my right? God, that's hilarious. <laughs> well, I run a swim team, so we try not to think about that. I get that. Um, there's nothing better than floating in the ocean. So that's, that's, so I, I, that's I don't mean to interrupt you, but one of the big favorite things that we love to do is to go travel and take cruises. And so if you can see the photo behind me, yes, actually from the Four Seasons Resort in uh, uh, Nevis. Okay. Where's that? Nevis is in the Caribbean. You know, okay. you know Bart's and Nevis is and stuff like that neck of the woods. So this is a picture we actually took from uh, attending there. And on my side, let me get on the side here. You actually see the catamaran <laughs> here really where we were uh, snorkeling earlier on. Yeah, so, gorgeous. Favorite thing to do is just go float in the ocean. Give me a life vest and a, a noodle. I'll just sit there and just, just raise float. <laughs> oh, you and my husband are going to get along so well. Um, okay, so let's go a little deeper. National League or American League? Uh, I'm an American League. Go Minnesota Twins. 
Oh, the twins. Wow. Um, let's see. Who who's the better quarterback, John Elway or Dan Marino? Yeah, go John John Elway because of the rings. Oh yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, was Peyton Manning better at the with the Colts or with the Broncos? Uh, he was with the uh, I think with the Colts he was better. He was longer there too. I'm a huge Peyton Manning fan. Huge, huge, huge. I miss him much. Um, He's not a bad podcaster. Though. He's a pretty good marketer. He could. He. You want to learn how to market? Just look at Peyton Manning. That all shucks kind of uh, thing. Yeah. That on, right. Oh, it works for me. He's on my celebrity fuckables list. <laughs> bad word there. We'll have to blot that one out. Um, I love. Yeah, love Peyton. Have always loved Peyton. Okay, so this is the biggest one. Who, in your opinion, is the best Batman? Ooh, I must actually say Christian Bale. That's the right answer. <laughs> I gotta say, I, I am I, I am a huge Christian Bale fan. I'll going all the way back to American Psycho, you know, and then everything he did with Batman, and then of course the uh, the Big Short in that yes. one. I think he did well with that. But then the mechanic. I mean, yeah. you gotta put you think put Christian Bale up there. I think with Matthew McConaughey as two of our premier actors this time. Of course, I'm a big fan of uh, Russell Crowe Gladiator as well. Though Russell's trying to wear a bit of a fat suit permanently from his days of, of doing other things. But yeah, those three yeah. guys, anything of those that come out great. I'll go yeah. watch. I know I'll see Christian Bale on anything. He could play Darney, Barney, the purple dinosaur. And I would still go. Um, Cause you know, he's Christian Bale. I'm he's a Bale head. This has been a barrel of laughs and a lot of fun. So if people want to find you, connect with you, learn from you, work with you, et cetera, where do they go to find you? Easiest way, uh, you can check out the podcast, uh, and our podcast is anywhere that you download podcasts. We're actually even nationally syndicated across the radio, uh, across the country via radio. Um, so you can just go to the Note Closer Show podcast, or you can go to the mothership of our website, weclosenotes.com, and find out everything that we've got going on there. And then well, I'm one Scott Carson across all social media platforms, because thank God there's only one of me. I'll tell you that right now. That's crazy. How did that happen? Well, there is another Scott Carson. He's an English goalkeeper uh, in London, but I'm not that Scott Carson. (laughs) We have been talking to Scott Carson of the Note Closers Show. I got it right twice. I'm so proud of myself. And uh, yeah, thanks for being here today. Hey, honored to be here. And while you're listening to this, everybody, you know Chris is kicking ass and taking names on this podcast. So go on over, hit that subscribe button, and make sure you leave her a five-star review We as podcasters love getting that type of feedback from our listeners. Now, if you're not going to leave a five-star, don't leave one. But if you're going to leave a five-star, go ahead and go on over there at the subscribe button because you know she's doing an amazing job with this podcast. Do it. She will love you. She did not pay me for that. I'm just saying it because you need to do it. All right, everybody? Warms my heart. And oh, my gosh. You're the first person to use a real sound effect on my show. Best ten dollars I could have ever bought. I got like five of them, and I got oh like. Oh my god! I have a sound one. It's the sixteen ways to say the f word too. Oh my god! <laughs> all the right all, uh, little gems will be in the show notes. Because, <laughs> like I said, Scott is full of information. You can buy these on Amazon. It's Prime Day sound machine, like 10, 15 bucks, and they're really great. Also, it's a great. Oh little, yeah, little. it is Prime Day. I okay, so I got some shit to do before I get ready for bed. Cool. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Chris. Honored to be here.